0: Everybody and welcome to the Wisdom's Cry podcast. Let's begin as we do every time with a word of prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary and our Seraphic Father Francis, we come to you, O Lord, and ask that you will teach us your ways, that you will enlighten us, that you will give us strength. And today as we discuss the topic of peace, fear, and compassion, we will take those words to heart and they will strengthen us and guide us as we all work for the coming of your kingdom and for the world to come. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, I pray. Amen. Hello, everybody. Today we're going to continue our discussion about compassion because this is such an important topic. It's especially now with everything that's going on it is so important for us to look at what does it mean to be compassionate? What does it take? What does it mean for us to try to find answers in this time. How do we move forward? How do we act? What do we do? How do we fix the problems that we find ourselves in? And so today, we're going to start in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 18, where Paul says, very simply, if it is possible, as much as it is up to you, Be at peace with all men. If it is possible, as much as it is up to you, be at peace with all men. Now, first of all, I want to override what Paul is saying here. And go directly to the point that what Paul is actually discussing here is that we should be at peace with everyone if it is possible and as much as it is up to you. Now there are many ways to take this and some will insert their self-defense rhetoric here. Some will insert into this, their rejection of Christ's call for nonviolence. I don't think That's what we should be talking about here. Because if you look at the history of the early church and how they actually lived this teaching, they gave themselves up. They resisted nonviolently. And in the end, they conquered the Roman Empire. And we see this time and time again. We see this over and over again throughout history that it is the peaceful nonviolent protests that win the day so how do we do this that's that's kind of our question in everything right okay so i'm supposed to if it is possible as much as it is up to me be at peace with all so, so but sometimes things get scary sometimes it's really hard to keep your cool. This is where we have to go to the Apostle John. Now, John tells us, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has punishment. He who fears is not made perfect in love. That's in 1 John 4.18. So, if... Perfect love has no fear. If perfect love casts out fear, then we have to ask ourselves, what is perfect love? What is love? What, what is this thing that we must have that will get rid of these fears that drive us to anger, to violence? Because it must be understood That violence is not a sign of strength. Violence is a sign of fear. Anytime you see violence, that is fear, That is that turns itself into anger, or it turns itself into rage, or it just lashes out, trying to defend itself. But the root cause of all violence is fear. So how do we cast out fear? How do we get this perfect love that casts out fear? Now, the next thing I'm going to read, I I feel like I have to preface it because I feel like probably everyone within the sound of my voice has heard it before. It's Paul from 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. And you've probably heard this because it is so often used at weddings, In fact, in my wedding, we did not use this. We actually had a reading from Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. His passage on love and his passage on marriage. Because this isn't talking about that kind of love. Greek has many words for love. The love that's being discussed here is actually compassion. It is the general love we have for others. So... I want you to re-listen. This is hard to do, but I want you to take, every time you've heard this out of context and used for different things, just, just kind of please throw that away and let's listen to what Paul is actually saying, especially in this context of Christian love, of spiritual love, of godly love, that true love casts out all fear. Well, what is love? Paul tells us, Love is patient and is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't brag. Love is not proud. Does not behave itself inappropriately. Does not seek its own end. Is not provoked. Takes no account of evil. Doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will be done away with. Where there are various languages, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will be done away. But love remains forever. Now bear this in mind. What does this mean? What is this saying? How do, how do we do this? So we start with love is patient. When, when we say that love is patient, what that means here is it is long-passioned. It can burn without smoking. It takes in what is thrown at it and doesn't have a quick reaction. It, it takes it in. It, Like our Blessed Mother, when the prophets came to her and told her these terrible things, that her son would die and a sword would pierce her own heart, she listened graciously and pondered all those things in her heart. She showed patience. She showed this quality that we need to have. She took it all in, and she held it there well how can we do that how how can we hold in that anger in the face of hate of mo- just monstrous things being done how how do we be patient without being complacent we can be patient because we know the truth we know that truth is an action the truth is lived. We know that truth will always win the day. It may take a long time, but it will always win the day. And it starts with the ultimate truth. That we all live, move, and have our being in God and are his children. Every time I say that, people say, well, where do you get that from? Paul. Acts, chapter 17, verse 28. God is the one in whom we live, move, and have our being. Everyone, every single one of us live, move, and have our being in God. Every one of us is a child of God. Every one of us has the possibility of exhibiting those things that are most godly. Justice, compassion, mercy. All of us have that capacity. And we see that in others. And we hope that it will come out. This allows us to be long suffering. You're scared. I will listen. We will look for that broken part in the other and see if we can fix it. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. More often than not, we can. So that's what we have to do first. Be patient. Love is kind, Paul tells us, what is kind. Kindness is one of the three things that the apostle, I'm sorry, the prophet Micah, Tells us God requires of all people that we should love mercy. We should walk. We should love kindness, and we should walk humbly with our God. This word kindness, chesed, this loving kindness, is so important because love is kind. Kindness is not necessarily doing nice things. It's doing good things for others. Jesus taught us the simple golden rule. As you desire a man should do to you, likewise do to them. Tobit, in teaching his son, sits him down in Tobit 4.15 and says, And what you yourself hate, do to no man. Gold and silver rules. This is the heart of kindness. This is the root of kindness. Treat other people well, treat them with respect, even if you feel like they don't deserve it, because I'll tell you a secret, no one deserves it. If you look hard enough at anyone, you'll find something to hate, you'll find something to be mad about, angry about, upset about, disappointed about. So, if they're making it abundantly clear, go with it. But don't go out of your way to find something to hate. Don't go out of your way to find something to be angry about. It doesn't serve anything. It doesn't serve anyone. It just causes more problems, more division. So, love does not envy. Envy Is when you want something that someone else has. It's when you you know, that burning you get inside when you see somebody has something that you don't. That that urge, that desire to have it too. That's just hurting yourself. And if you let it burn long enough and you act on it, you're gonna hurt someone else too. Don't envy. I don't know, it may just be me. I think that's one of the easiest ones on the list, at least for me. Because, you know, I'm kind of alright with the state of things that I have. Don't have a lot. I not have enough. Love does not brag. Oh. Oh, that's so hard. It's so hard for so many people not to brag, not to boast in themselves or in others, not to brag. But it's hard for us to love someone else when we're constantly puffing ourselves up. When you're constantly patting yourself on the back saying, oh, look what a good boy I am. It, it's hard to see goodness in others. It's hard to see the accomplishments of others. So we have to work at kind of taming that part of ourselves so that we can let people be who they are and be ourselves. Which goes into the second, the next one here, love is not proud. No, life is not a race. There's no winning. Everything that we do goes out into the world and is gone. Every action is the cause of a thousand consequences and every consequence is the cause of a thousand actions. Don't be proud. Don't boast. Love doesn't behave itself inappropriately. If you know something that will Hurt someone else. Don't do it. The actual phrase used here is love does not distort itself. Does not behave in a distorted way. If you know that the actions you're going to take are going to make somebody angry, why would you do them? Now, I don't mean like don't protest. Yeah, protests make people angry. Sometimes you have to stand for truth. That's satyagraha. You stand up for truth And you let the power of truth guide your actions. I'm talking about those little things. Like, you know, you pop your knuckles and the person in the room really doesn't like it. But you do it anyway. Maybe just to spite them. Yeah, that's that's what we're talking about here. Maybe you shouldn't do that. You should try to control those instincts. Love does not seek its own way. Now, this one is important and it is powerful. Because love doesn't, in not seeking its own way, seeks a way that is good for all of us. Love seeks the best way. And I can say this from being married in January, 21 years. (laughs) Wow. 21 years. Sorry. Um, let me unpack that in January. Um, Brian and I will have been Um, married for 20 years, but it'll also be our first anniversary legally married because we could do that this year. Just speaking from our experience and my experience, if you seek to have things your way, you get nowhere. And even if you win, you usually don't end up in the best place. By working together and learning how to compromise not like the core values, but on the little things. Maybe you want steak for dinner and your partner wants to have chicken. Well, maybe there's a compromise there. Maybe there's something you can do in the middle. Maybe you just go out to Chinese and get yourself a double delight. A little bit of beef, a little bit of chicken... Everybody happy. And in a lot of places, it's really good. And that seems like a silly example, but there are so many places in my own life where if I had been right or and gotten my own way, or if Brian had gotten his own way, neither one of us would have ended up in a good place at the end. It was only through that struggle, that internal compromise that we came to, where we worked out our differences and found Often, a much better way forward. Love does not seek its own way. Because its own way is small, it's myopic, and it gets lost very easily. Love is not provoked. Love is not provoked. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Love is not provoked. So, I guess what you're saying is, if I've ever been provoked by somebody, then I must not have really loved them. No? No, 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 no. Love does not allow itself to be provoked. Provocation happens. Sometimes it's on purpose. Sometimes it's by accident. And you have to learn. This is hard. This is like one of the secret of life things that will make your life so much better to smooth those rough edges so that people don't get caught on them. Because again, when you get provoked, all you do is weaken yourself. All you do is act in a way that takes away your strength and makes it harder for you to do the things that you need to do. So don't be provoked. It takes no account of evils. Like we said before, there's no scorekeeper. There's no keeping of score. None, none. Don't do it. We don't count the good things. That's the bragging. And we don't count the bad things. That's the counting of evil. There is no reason for that. Now, again, I'm not talking about in giant macroscopic terms. Yes, we counted the 13 million that the Nazis killed. And we hold that against them. But that's a very different thing from, okay, there was that time you didn't do the dishes, and the time I had to walk the dog, and the time you forgot to take the trash out, and, and, and. Really? It's not worth holding all that in. It doesn't do anybody any good to hold all that in. All that does is empower your darker feelings And fosters resentment and again weakens you. You gotta be careful. Love doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness but rejoices in the truth. Ah. An injustice done to anyone is an injustice done to everyone. Even if you feel that it was done to an enemy. Or because someone deserved it. Remember, no one deserves an injustice. No one. No one. No one deserves to win the popular vote and lose an election. No one deserves to be put in prison for a crime they didn't commit. No one. We don't rejoice in injustice, we rejoice in truth. When a person is released from prison because we found out that they could not have possibly done it. DNA and everything else exonerates them. We rejoice. Truth won out. Truth wins. Love bears all things. It holds all things on its shoulder and moves forward. Love believes all things. Believes all things. When... Your friend comes to you and tells you that they have a disease, they have cancer. Love believes that they will make it through. It believes that the, the, your, through your friendship, you will be able to do something, anything, even if it's the smallest thing, to mitigate their suffering and to help them on their path. Love believes all things, love hopes all things. Love wants everything to be better than it currently is. Love endures all things, because nothing is worth giving up on. Love never fails. Whenever you use love to accomplish a task, whenever you act in love, you will find Immense success. And I don't mean that in the way that the prosperity preachers do. I mean that in a very honest and sincere way. Even your failures will not be failures because you did them in love. Because you built a team around you and those relationships will last a lifetime. Love doesn't fail. Love finds a way. Love pushes forward. These are the qualities of compassion as Paul saw them. These are the qualities that will get us through. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, feel free to send them in. You can find all of our contact information at wisdomscry.com I want to end this podcast with a simple meta-practice, and I ask that you join me and make this part of your day. It's a very simple series of prayers, and only one word changes each time through, okay? It's very simple. You ready? Here we go. May I be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May I be filled with joy in the causes of joy. May my family be free of suffering in the causes of suffering. May my family be filled with joy in the causes of joy. May my friends be free of suffering in the causes of suffering. May my friends be filled with joy in the causes of joy. May the strangers be filled. We'd be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May the strangers be filled with joy and the causes of joy. May our enemies be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May our enemies be filled with joy and the causes of joy. And now you can say that honestly because you know that joy cannot come from injustice. False happiness can. Momentary Reward, but not joy. If our enemies are free of suffering and the causes of suffering, they will see the errors of their way, and they will turn from the wicked ways. If they are filled with joy and the causes of joy, they will find new meaning and purpose in this world that brings them to new light in life. Thank you so much for your time. Again, I live streamed this on Facebook. I don't know if I'm going to keep doing that or not. I'd like to know what you guys think. Thank you so much for everything. And until tomorrow, bye. God bless you.